1: All
2: right,
3: let's get it underway on a Friday. Yes. The weekend is just before us, edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. Evidently, we might have a chance for some light snow over the weekend, Uh, maybe some snow starting late on Saturday, going through early Sunday morning when you get up to go to church. You might have a very light covering um, on uh, the grass. I think things are still Warm enough on the road that it may not stick as easily as they, you know, it would want to. But, uh, you know, you might want to get up a couple of minutes early on Sunday when you get ready to go to church just to check out the road conditions on your, you know, for your travel to your house of worship. Last night, uh, Chris, you'll be interested in this. I know, Robert, you won't care. But uh, the bottom line, I, I went and saw the new Scream movie last night. And I'm I oh my I give it a B plus. Okay, which is a good grade for me. Uh a B plus and I say that it is within millimeters of being as good as the original. Nice. So with Drew Barrymore in the initial scene? Yeah, Well, the first scene in this movie is pretty good. That's where I get the B plus. I didn't get the A cuz the very first scene is not as good. As the original, in fact, it plays off the original a little too closely uh, for my taste. But the bottom line, it's a great movie. Uh, You could do worse than going to see it. What now?
2: The first one was so good.
3: Yeah, this one's really good, too. They took some time with this. And... uh, they went back to the first one and, and got the things that worked and, you know, made got sure it. they worked it into this one. Because, you know, the whole Scream concept, when Wes Craven put it together, was to make fun of a lot of the uh, horror movies of the uh, 70s and 80s, the slasher movies and, and all of yeah. that. And, and, they you know, the rules of a horror movie and all of that. Well, they play off of that again in this movie and it's very well done. It's it's done well. <laughs> I like it a lot. Nice. And by the way, the one of the, the main actors in this uh, plays the boyfriend of one of the main actresses uh, is uh, uh, Dennis Quaid's son. Oh, no, really? Yeah, and he's very good. Oh, really? Right. He's very good yeah, in it. Is that kind of, like, kind
2: of like Clint Eastwood's son? Is, is yeah. Do
3: you recognize the,
2: the antics
3: or anything? It's kind of... Kind of kind of runs in the family. They did it 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 went well. So, uh if you're thinking about uh, taking in a movie tonight and you go scream, hmm, should I go see it? Yes. It's a if you like the scream movies, then you'll, you know, if you're if you're into Ghostface, then you'll want to see the movie. It's fun. Nice. It's a fun movie and, and 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 there's some running jokes through it, which makes it very good. Um uh, there's a, there's a scene in it where uh the killer says do you remember the movie psycho and it cuts to a scene and it's a, a shot of a shower head and the water coming out of it you know it, it, there's some good there's some good stuff in it. i really i enjoyed it i think if, i think our our listeners would enjoy it even you might like it steinbach i'm just saying
1: i might you know i uh, you like want know who
3: the, you want to know who the killer is yeah. yeah,
1: why? Because you want to ruin the ending of a movie for me again? <laughs> Dave, I ruined the, the, the ending of every movie for Rob Steinbuck. Elswick, uh, is that who we're talking about? Then, Dave, you know, shows up at my house at 2 o'clock in the morning banging on the front door. I, I open the door in my pajamas and uh, housecoat and slippers. And uh, I said, Dave, Dave, what's the emergency? He goes, i got to tell you the ending of the movie.
3: Yeah, so, i got to tell you the ending of Scream, the new Scream movie. you got to exactly. know the ending. Okay, you know, you'd like, I think you'd even like it, uh, uh, Rob. But, you, you know, it's one of those movies you got to suspend disbelief a little bit in, but it's, you know, when you think about timing and all of that. But it's a, it's a lot of fun. By the way, Robert Steinbach is uh, one of my guest co-hosts on Friday. He is a law professor at the Bowen School of Law, and his opinions are his and his alone. And then the other co-host that I bring in on Fridays is Chris Corbett. From over in Conway, practicing attorney, uh, and an Arkansan by birth here on the Dave Ellswick show. I mean, he wasn't born on my show. I'm not that old. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, he, he, he's, uh, he's, he's an Arkansan, okay? He's, he, was born in this in this state. All right, guys. Uh, let me just start off, and, and there's some there's a lot of stuff to cover today. Let me start off with the biggest story of the week, and that's the Supreme Court decision, got rid of the uh, OSHA President Biden mandate, but allowed the uh, mandate to stand for healthcare workers. And this is something that I fear. I fear that there's Supreme Court justices sitting on the court. That want to make sure that they that when people look at what they're saying, that it's not a matter of is it constitutional or not, but how do we do this so people don't get upset? I mean, that's the only way I can figure out this split decision that they said the the big one about uh, you know companies uh, being or people being told they must get vaccinated being unconstitutional. And the part where if you're working for a hospital, somehow that takes away your rights and you've got to get vaccinated. So let me ask what you think. I'll start with you, Chris. What's your thoughts about what
2: happened? You, you know, I, I kind of led into that when you asked me what I think they're going to do. I think the ruling's stupid, Dave. It's stupid. It's not. You cannot You cannot mandate a vaccine. And and then to go and split the baby like this reminds me of some domestic relations cases I've tried where the judge goes, oh, well both sides have great attorneys here, but I'm going to go ahead and award joint custody. Really? Hey Dave, guess what? You're going to get to go live with me for a week and then you get to go live with Rob for a week. Okay. Let's see how that's going to work out for you. Right. 15 years from now. It's just ridiculous. How in the world just, so hospitals are more dangerous because of the virus. Okay, that may be a fact, but we've got other things in place to protect uh, uh, the healthcare safety workers.
3: Well, yeah, uh, they're wearing system all system kinds system. of stuff that probably most people yeah. can't even get a hold of. They split the baby. They, that's exactly, exactly what they did. Yeah, it, it, does it worry you, Robert, that it seems like to me that the supreme that the Supreme Court. Oh, and I think this is kind of Justice Roberts, to be honest, Chief Justice Roberts, that everybody has to walk away happy. Yep. Well, Dave, I actually predicted this outcome uh, because the
1: court always tries, I'm not saying they should, but I'm telling you what they do. They always try to avoid engaging with the Constitution if they can address the issue based on the statutes, based on the laws enacted by Congress and signed by the President. And that's what they essentially did here. There's two separate statutes, one OSHA statute that deals with workplace safety in general, and then another statute that deals with hospitals' medical facilities. And the President's ability to enact a policy under that general workplace safety uh, law was not broad enough. The president's power was not broad enough under that law to just say every business across this country that affects millions upon millions of people uh, have to do uh, these acts that the president requires regarding getting vaccinated or tested. For workplace safety, because after all, how is that workplace safety? Workplace safety is like, well, the the, the floors must not be slippery, The, the, the drills must not be dangerous. But this is not workplace safety, this is about safety outside the workplace. This is about people coming in from outside with the virus and possibly transmitting it. And the court said, that the president doesn't have the authority under this law, which deals with inside the workplace safety. The other law deals much more broadly with how um, health care facilities are entitled to operate. And the court saw much more leeway there uh, relative to the regarding the ability of the president to regulate uh, that environment. Two separate laws, two separate outcomes. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have gotten to the constitutional issue. I do think there's a constitutional issue. I'm not saying that in either case, people uh, shouldn't have a right to bodily integrity. They do have a right to bodily integrity. But I'm saying this is how the court operates for years and years and years. They try to avoid the constitutional issue, base it on the statutes. There are two very different statutes here, authorizing two very different outcomes.
3: All right, we got to get our first break in. Let's do that, then we'll come back and continue our discussion. You've heard what both of them had to say. Both of them, uh, both Chris and Robert, figured this is the way the court was going to break down. Uh, when we come back, I'm, I got another more specific question. I'll let you guys think about it. Gorsuch joined up with Roberts on the uh, one dealing with the hospitals. Does government money change the way the court looks at things? And secondly, did Gorsuch join up with Roberts? Did Roberts go to him and say, hey, we can't do this just in one one way. It just wouldn't fly real nice with all the people out there. So we'll talk about that as well. Don't forget about East End towing. Uh, if you need a tow, you need to get off the side of the road. You need to get a tire changed. Uh, You need to get off the side of the road plus with your car and your camper or the boat that you're you're, uh, uh, towing as well, then you'll want to talk to East End Towing. They know in uh, different situations that you might run into what you need to do, and East End Towing can handle those situations, and they've got the answers. Here's what you need to do. To get the towing company that has the answers, call them. Put this in your phone. 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. Put it under towing. East End Towing. All right, let's continue on. We've got uh, Robert Steinbach here from Bowen School Law. We've got Chris Corbett here, practicing attorney from Conway. And yours truly, Dave Ellswick on the Dave Ellswick Show on a Friday. Uh, Know that uh, Saturday night uh, around 4 or 5 o'clock, I guess that's evening, We might see rain turn over to snow. We might see a very light covering over the nighttime. And when you get up to go to church on Sunday, it might be a little bit on the roads, uh, and it might be a little bit more slippery out there. So take your time on your way to your place of uh, of worship. Uh, Topic number two, but before we get to it, let me have you guys answer the question. Why did Gorsuch join up with Roberts? Did Roberts, do you think, because these guys these guys get together and they talk you know when they're writing up you know their different views and things of that nature you think roberts got with gorsuch and said look we gotta make this come out so that both sides aren't happy but they're they're happier than if we came out and said hey you can't force anybody to have a a, a vaccination what do you what do you think about that uh, uh Chris do you think that goes on yeah you know there's it's interesting and
2: um, they, they, they do like a, um, uh, oh, there's a word for it. They get, they get together and they go, how's everybody thinking on this? But none of these conversations are public. And, um, then they kind of go do their own thing and they come back for a, a little powwow. And, um, I think the clerks talk to each other more than the actual justices, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, they, they, they know what the counter arguments are. They know who's not agreeing and they boil it down to this in, in, um, yeah, so it's it, – it, yeah, they talk. Definitely they talk.
3: I guess what I'm saying is, uh, Robert, politics plays a place in the Supreme Court whether they like to admit it or not, correct?
1: Oh, it does, and also, as Chris points out, they, as part of their process, they confer with each other. So that's that normally happens.
3: Okay, all right. And then uh, why do you think uh, Gorsuch would have – you know, lean towards Roberts on this. I I thought Gorsuch, I thought, would probably be a stand-up guy. If you're going to play the game, then you're not a stand-up guy.
1: Well, it's not clear that he went with Roberts for politics. Uh, Gorsuch is a, a strong textualist, and so he reads the language of the statutes. He read the language of Title VII, uh, for example, and issued an opinion that many conservatives don't like because it found that Title VII covers uh, gays in addition to, you know, discrimination against gays in, in addition to discrimination against other people. You can disagree with his reading, but it's, he does it from a textualist perspective, irrespective of what the outcome
3: is. All right, let's move on. How big of a diff? How big of a difference? It seems to me when I look at this ruling, they ruled against the president when it was just you know pub or uh, uh, private companies. They ruled for the president when it was uh, you know companies that were taking government money. Yes or no? Start with you, Robert.
1: I'm not sure that's the dichotomy. I told you the two separate statutes, and one statute gives greater authority to the administration to regulate behavior in medical facilities than the other statute does relative to regulating behavior in private companies.
3: Okay, Chris,
1: I I think
2: it's a play between um, unelected officials getting to rule your life, and and Gorsuch actually touched on this. It's called the non-delegation doctrine, um, and it ensures democratic accountability. Guess what? Every state should be able to vote whether they uh, require vaccine mandates or not. If you don't like it, move out of the state. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say you can do this. This is a constitutional issue, and they went to these statutes and said, oh, well, they've given rulemaking authority to OSHA back from 1970 for anything that's potentially harmful. Okay, well, yeah, they went too far with it, and we've got unelected officials affecting your life. I see it all the time, and they could have written this opinion in about two paragraphs. Uh, no, I think it's three: one, an introduction, uh, <laughs> render their opinion, and then concluded it in the third paragraph.
3: I got, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> all right, let's yeah. uh, let, let's move on. Topic number two this morning, and it involves one of us three. And that third person that it refers to is Robert Steinbach. As everybody knows, Robert Steinbach has been fighting uh, an internal battle at the Bowen School of Law dealing with, you know, uh, some things that they have uh, uh, ruled against on uh, him being to use special teachers and things of that nature. And when there's no reason to do it, he said that it reeks of anti-Semitism. Uh, and then in today's uh, Gas, there's a... Uh, article that appears uh, signed, I think, by 23 different people that are all, I guess, uh, Jews. And they said, uh, no, no, he's making a, a mountain out of a molehill. Does that pretty well say what they said to you, uh, Robert?
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's go through
3: that. And one of the points that you raise is a great
1: place to start. There's some 21 uh, um quote, uh, members of the Jewish legal community. Here's part of the problem. At least one of them is not a Jew. (laughs) Not a Jew. So I am being lectured to and gaslighted by a non-Jew on what it means to be a Jew, on what anti-Semitism slash discrimination means, what it means to be mistreated, by a non-Jew telling me this. Could you imagine this happen it happening in any other context, by the way? First of all, does the newspaper know, does the Demgaz know that it published a letter from 21 alleged members of the Jewish community when one of them is not a Jew? You know, these are the, uh, how much would you like to say, well, we're part of them, so that's We can opine, we can give our opinion on this. Uh, He's not a Jew. Uh, Let me tell you, Dave Ellsworth and Chris Corbett are far more part of my Jewish community if that's your definition of a Jewish community. Anybody who's friends with a Jew, that's not a Jewish community. That's friends of a Jewish community. Uh Um, Moreover, let's talk about the facts, Dave. Remember that... Shortly after being rebuked concerning the controversy over the improper secret renaming of an endowed professor, professorship at the law school, after Slick Willie, the dean Teresa Binder, told me that for the first time in twenty years, I could no longer use a guest speaker to cover my classes when I was unable to teach them because of the Jewish high holy days. Twenty years. Nearly that went on. And all of a sudden, weeks days after she was rebuked in public in a Senate joint hearing in the legislature uh, for the improper renaming secret that it is of a professorship after Bill Clinton, she tells me, oh, you can't do this. Um, And what did I do? I told some colleagues. And then I contacted HR. Well, one of my colleagues went around to various members of the faculty and others, saying, "You better stop this. This isn't going to turn out good for the school All because right. this is nuts."
3: Okay, hold your hold your powder. Yeah. We're going to come back. Yeah. I'm going to pick it right up there. So yeah. keep in mind what you want the point you wanted to make. But right now, it's time for the news. Hey, David Lucas Financial wants you to know that uh, if you, along with millions of other Americans, are uh, interested in investing in silver and gold to to try to protect your nest egg, they have the way for you to do that. Learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets at IRA 401k hard earned savings by calling 501-222-3315. David Lucas Financial works with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country so that you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. If you want to learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501-222-3315. That's 501 222 Thirty-three fifteen. investment advisory services are offered through david lucas financial and arkansas registered investment advisor all right don't forget we got robert steinbach here legal uh, law professor over at the bowen school of law his opinions are his and his alone and chris corbett practicing attorney in conway a part of the dave ellswick uh, show today let me get back to robert and and let him pick up about this uh you know argument that's going on internally over at uh, the bowen school of law uh it was an internal argument it's gotten very public now uh today in the dim gas a letter from uh 21 uh, different people some who are not jews uh from a jewish organization uh challenging what steinbach is saying about anti-semitism so let me turn back over to you robert are you there robert okay i'm not getting robert right now so i had to figure out i can hear you oh you got me got me okay Okay. you're up
1: there we go um so dave these members uh, are not part of the uh, jewish organization they're just 21 people at least one of whom is not jewish uh, and you raise a really interesting point in your intro. You say, well, it's become very public, um, and they de- decry that. Uh, uh, and they say, it was internal matter, or, and Steinbuck made it public. First of all, I didn't make it public. They made it public. Uh, As I was telling you before the break, a colleague of mine spoke to various people at the school and said, don't do this. This is going to be a big problem, a big PR problem, a big substance problem, a big everything problem. And the press contacted contacted me. Now, by the way, is it so bad if I talk to the press? Because that's what they're saying. They're afraid for me to talk to the press. Let's keep it internal. Let's keep it quiet. Dave. I went to Auschwitz, the concentration camp in Poland that killed some millions of people that one place alone. And we went into the gas chambers, and you have to walk down underground to get into the gas chambers. And I said to the guide, I went as part, by the way, of the Fulbright program, because as you know, I was a Fulbright scholar. I'm the only current member of the faculty who's a Fulbright scholar, and we went underground, into this death chamber, and we came out, and I said to the guide, because you don't talk in the death chamber, I said to the guide, why is this underground? And she said, well, to keep it quiet, to keep it away from prying eyes of the Allies. And so, yet again, you see the cronies circling their wagons, saying, let's keep it private. When this is a matter of public concern, the fact that after 20 years of being entitled to uh, have a guest lecture, weeks after I complained uh, and was vindicated uh, for the misuse uh, of a Dowd professorship title to improperly name it after Slick Willie, and then I'm told I can't have guest lecturers on a Jewish holiday, let me read to you a statement that was sent to me privately by one of my uh, f- fellow colleagues, one of my faculty members, not one who's been heard uh, to loudly publicly on this issue. And she writes to me as follows. She writes, I find it aggravating for anyone to tell you that you're not experiencing discrimination without, without an alternative explanation for the peculiar circumstances you are in. I also found it aggravating for someone to say, hey, I'm a member of the same tribe, meaning Jewish, as the person who's claiming discrimination. It's not possible for the person being accused of discrimination. uh, It's not possible that the person being accused of discrimination could be capable of this, because I know this person, and this person likes me.
0: Uh
1: This This colleague of mine goes on to say, implicit bias is everywhere, and everyone is capable of it. This colleague of mine says, I hope that out of this debacle, Bowen actually structures something in the long term where someone can say they're being discriminated against without being treated dismissively. And that's exactly what these cronies from the outside are trying to do, and that's what has taken place inside the administration before this blew up. Another colleague of mine went around to various people in the administration and said, stop this. Stop this before this becomes a problem. One of the, uh, another administrator said to that colleague of mine, oh, this, this seems like Rob's in the right. He said it privately, but he wouldn't say it publicly. And that's the problem. You have to shine light. I am the expert on transparency. And these people don't want transparency. Let's keep it internal. Let's keep it quiet. The press contacted me, Dave, and the press knew what was going on because everyone knew what was going on. This is the problem that we have. Remember that the Anti-Defamation League itself wrote a letter saying that I have been subjected to disparate treatment by the dean. So now these cronies are trying to say, well, that's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Here's what. Dean DePippa, former Dean DePippa, and current Dean Beiner, wrote in a co-authored article, their words are coming back to Hornup. They wrote, plaintiffs bring religious discrimination claims in the form of disparate uh, treatment claims. Let me repeat that. Plaintiffs bring religious discrimin- discrimination claims in the form of disparate treatment claims. In these cases, the employer has discriminated against an employee in some term, et cetera, on his or her religion. The disparate impact theory likewise applies to religion. And the Anti-Defamation League said what? I was subjected to disparate treatment by the dean. Then it gets even better, Dave, because these cronies go on. And and misquote the internal report. First of all, they claim the internal reports from, oh, it's from HR, it's from human resources. Um, No, it's not. It's from three esteemed professors, two of which were chosen by the administration. And they claim... And they're they're not
3: part of the HR department. uh, Of course not. Okay. They are
1: independent. Independent. And it says... Uh, that the report found that Biner did not discriminate in selecting the accommodations and quotes one portion that says she was sincere in her efforts. Here's what these people didn't quote. And this really is the crux of the whole problem that the, the, these cronies failure to cite the proper portion. It says in the report, and this was in the DemGaz, um, um, hold on, I've got to get you the right, site yeah, I'll make this. Based on the academic rules and current practice in the law school by Ms. Biner, Mr. Steinbuck should be allowed to have a guest speaker as an option when is off work in observation of his religion. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, Dave, remember, the issue was about going forward, because she only commented after I already did it. Right. The report goes on to say, and this is the critical point, Given that faculty may use all the options listed in the rule for other planned absences, including the use of guest speakers, to not allow Mr. Steinbeck this opportunity constitutes, present tense, constitutes religious discrimination if not allowed for the 2022 spring semester, which is the very next time, the first time, I would be able to use it, and she said I couldn't. She didn't say I couldn't use it last year, I really did it last year. Let me reread that line to you, Dave. Um, To not allow Mr. Steinberg this opportunity constitutes religious discrimination. It's not allowed for the 2022 spring semester. And one of the co authors of the letter to the paper, who hasn't lived in Arkansas for half a decade, wrote privately to a colleague of mine, "Uh, okay. So I went when I went back and reread the committee decision. Um, uh, I feel partly like an idiot. I feel partly like an idiot. Mm. Yes, yes, they did discuss religious discrimination, and yes, the Supreme Court did say that failure to grant an accommodation for religious reasons that is sometimes provided for other uh, reasons cannot be. It could be considered discrimination against religious practices. That is the antithesis of re- reasonableness. All right. This is one of the, the signers of that uh, of that public letter.
3: All right. So quarter till seven. So yeah. let me let me bring this to a head here by by saying this. It sounds to me uh, that uh, perhaps uh, this person, the dean, uh, contacted people to throw shade for her. In this particular issue, uh, this is not over. Where do you go from now, as far as this is concerned, Robert?
1: It's an excellent question, Dave. Well, uh, waiting to hear back from the chancellor. Uh, she has uh, been just now, just yesterday, I believe, uh, transmitted uh, the uh, the official report from this uh, these three faculty members, right? Two of which that were picked by the administration. Uh, finding, as I have just read to you, uh, that constitutes religious discrimination, like that's their language, that's just been uh, officially transmitted to the Chancellor, so I'm waiting to hear back uh, from her, Um, and we shall see what happens there. So far, the dean has not said she's rescinding her dictate that I cannot um, have a guest speaker. So if she doesn't rescind her dictate that I cannot have a guest speaker, that means I can't have a guest speaker this semester. Remember the line, Dave, to not allow Mr. Steinberg this opportunity constitutes religious discrimination if not allowed for the 2022 spring semester. But this is the problem here. We need a definitive statement uh, that I can do, what I'm entitled to do, by the way, in this letter, Dave, these folks said, oh, well, you know, uh, she allowed him to do other things. You know, he he could have made up the class uh, by recording something or doing something else. You know, this is really a, 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 a remarkable notion that I've got to be subjected to some different uh, behavior than anybody else's.
3: Because you're um, of your religious beliefs. Exactly. I mean, that's what this comes down to.
1: Right. They said, well, uh, you know, what would they say, Dave, uh, if – would they say that, oh, well, you know, during the discriminatory period here in the South, when blacks weren't allowed to use water fountains that whites used, but they had separate ones, Dave. They had separate ones, and they were only allowed to sit on the the back of the bus, right? Would, Would this same group argue like they did to me? Uh, that blacks were allowed quote several ways end quote to be accommodated, yeah, because they said to me, well, they were, Steinbuck was allowed several ways, well is is separate water fountains sufficient is sitting in the back of the bus sufficient for shame i'm not I am entitled to equal treatment, Dave, not as the a d l said, disparate treatment, and the Supreme Court has said. Separate water fountains, uh, while they are other ways, are disparate treatments and they are illegal.
3: All right, you hold your hold your thoughts. When we come back, we're going to change the topic. Though you bring, you tell us when uh, they have said after they've read the report what they're going to do. It's going to be very interesting. I think they've painted themselves into a corner. We will see. We'll be back with Robert and with Chris. We're going to talk about Senator Cinema and her speech from the well of the Senate yesterday saying she will not vote to change the filibuster. That's coming up next here on the Dave Ellswick show. All right, back final uh, minutes of our first hour of a Friday edition of the Dave Ellswick show. We've covered a lot of territory. I want to cover a little bit more before we get to the top of the hour. Chris, uh, Senator Christian Seneca uh, spoke from the well of the Senate yesterday and dashed the hopes of the Democratic Party that they were going to be able to overturn the filibuster rule uh, that exists at this time uh, in the Senate. And she said, hey, I agree with the the John Lewis uh, Voting Rights Act. I agree with a lot of the things that my party is trying to do. But what I do not agree with is changing the rules uh, kind of in the middle of the game or changing boats in the middle of the stream, as many of us would say, or horses, uh, to uh, make it possible. And the uh, Schumer and the president uh, were devastated by that. Uh, The left uh, began howling like the pack of dogs that they are at cinema, thought it was an interesting, gutsy performance uh, by the the senator from arizona your thoughts on it
2: well i think what's real telling is schumer where he's flip-flopped on this filibuster when when um the democratic then that he's all for it. now now that um the republicans are going to use it he's against it. it it's telltale right there that um he's playing politics and it's just awful yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad it's being shut down. I'm glad it's being shut down by people in their own party.
3: It's been pretty crazy. I mean, this is, if, if nothing more, Robert, this has been the worst week for President Biden and his policies that has ever occurred. Would you agree?
1: Well, David, you know, to build on uh, Chris's point, the, what the Democrats have done now for some time is they claim, The filibuster is okay as a general proposition until it upsets them on a particular issue and they say, oh, we're just going to make a carve out. So they made a carve out on the filibuster when it came to Supreme Court justices. And the consequence of that, uh, subsequently was three conservative Supreme Court justices were appointed to the bench that wouldn't have otherwise passed a filibuster vote. So. Didn't turn out too good for them.
3: The yeah, let, let's let's that not did. forget that was Harry Reid that did that.
1: That's right. So now they say, oh, the filibuster, no, no, it's fine, except for this issue. So we're going to do a carve-out for this issue. <laughs> and when the Republicans <laughs> take over the Senate <clears throat> in a year, uh, which, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a good chance they will, uh, that the Republicans will expand the exceptions to the filibuster in response to what the Democrats did, and we'll get more conservative laws put into place. So the Democrats keep shooting themselves in the foot, uh, as the metaphor goes, and they don't seem to realize that, in the end, they lose on this. So be it.
3: All right. Yeah, I just – I got to give credit to Cinema. I got to give credit to Manchin. Both have shown some real intestinal fortitude and and some steel backbone – in standing up against their own party and going against uh, some big issues that uh, their party has wanted to uh, to push forward. Now, I'm hearing as well, uh, as far as Cinema and Manchin are uh, concerned, that they're getting a lot of support from other Democrats that don't have the intestinal fortitude. They're saying, "No, you know, it's like the guy who comes up and slaps you on the back and said." and says to you, yeah, I know what you're going to do, and more power to you. I wish I could do that. And, of course, they could do it if they would just you know, bow up and do it, but they won't because they gotta, they're got they going to play the game. So congratulations to Manchin and uh, to Seneca. Now, I've had somebody say to me, you know, isn't it bad that the uh, Republicans got to hope that Manchin and Seneca is going to hold uh, to to their votes, and I made mention to them, it is the makeup of 50-50 in the Senate. You look over in the House, they don't have 50-50. They got about eight votes extra, and they push through things left and right, and the minority party can do nothing to stop it because they don't have the, 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 the same kind of uh, rules that the Senate have. So it's something to keep in mind and, of course, makes me want to say, what I always say, elections have consequences. So think yeah. about that when November comes up and you got to vote uh, there. Uh, we've done pretty well here in the state. I'm just hoping that uh, some of the other states, with a lot of the craziness that people have seen and, and the ineptitude that we've seen from uh, this, this uh, administration, that they'll make the necessary correction here, too, at that point, going on two years of this administration's policies. All right, a break. and We'll get to news, and then we'll be back with more in the Dave Ellswick Show. Got another half hour with Chris and Robert to talk about issues that are out there. What about Russia? Uh, the spokesman for Putin's government saying, hey, look, if the NATO allies don't back off there on this Ukraine thing, we might start building infrastructure in Venezuela and Cuba yeah that's what they said are we going to go back to 1960 something uh, and Khrushchev and and the president at that time Kennedy eyeball to eyeball about nuclear missiles in Cuba Mm. we'll talk about it when we come back Ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, let's get it underway final hour of a friday edition of dave ellswick show we got another half hour to spend with robert steinbach legal professor from bowen school of law his opinions are his and his alone he joins me every friday as does chris corbett a practicing attorney over in conway and give their opinions and their insights into uh, some of the things that are happening in a court system we've already talked about the vax mandate of you know, decisions by the Supreme Court, we talked about that. Uh, we talked about uh, Christian Cinema and her uh, her uh, speech yesterday from the well of the Senate saying that she would not support Democratic efforts to do away with the filibuster in the Senate. She wants the 60-vote uh, rule held in into account. And after she got done speaking, uh, Manchin from West Virginia, Senator Manchin, doubled down as well and said that He supports that, as well as said that there are no ongoing talks about the Build Back Better bill uh, that the president and many of the left wing of the Democratic Party want to try to get through. And uh, what's Manchin's reasoning for that? Inflation. We're seeing inflation continue to rise. It uh, started off at about five and a half percent beginning of the year. We're now up to seven percent. And if. The two things that were always uh, put into this uh, into the calculation of uh, the inflationary numbers uh, up until Jimmy Carter, and then the Democrats changed it because his uh, inflation numbers were so so detrimental to his presidency uh, were uh, energy, which would be gasoline, diesel, heating oil, all of those things, and 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 they so they pulled that out of figuring out what the uh, inflation rate was, as uh, well as uh, they pulled out food prices as well. Well, you put food and you put uh, you put uh, gasoline or energy prices in right now, and we're well above probably ten or eleven percent. And uh, I'm sure you're experiencing it at the gas pump in the grocery store, if you can buy the things that you want. I mean, those pictures of empty shelves, they're not just happening in Washington, D.C. I mean, I was at Walmart the other day in Cabot, and uh, I won't say they were empty all the way down the aisle, but there were areas that were empty. Uh, The products just weren't there, and that's happening because of the supply chain uh, debacle that's going on. Uh, that the president's COVID policies have caused. So let's get back and and talk further with Robert and talk further with uh, uh, Chris. And I kind of left you both with uh, Putin uh, over in Russia and what he had to say through one of his spokesmen uh, yesterday, where they said that if uh, NATO continues uh, to... uh, you know put their troops out along the uh, uh ukrainian border where there's a hundred thousand uh soviet troops uh, amassed uh, that uh, they might just decide to start building uh, inf- military military infrastructure in venezuela and cuba now i gotta tell you we cannot Allow that to happen. You want to ratchet up international tensions. That's going to do it. So let me start off with you, Robert, and your thoughts. Is it is it just saber rattling or do you think Putin is is uh, serious about this?
1: Dave, New York Times had an article saying, well, we can't figure out, I don't know if it's from the perspective of the Times or or the perspective of policymakers, we can't exactly figure out what Putin's trying to do. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, the pearl clutching continues. The fact is that the Soviets have always used this tactic. They throw a bunch of jelly on the wall, and they see what sticks. So when you say, well... You know, what do you think he's going to do? The answer is nobody, including he, knows what he's going to do because he sends out intentionally conflicting messages to see what gets traction and what doesn't get traction, and then makes a decision thereafter. So this is pure Soviet-style politics, and they're doing the same thing. It's really rather old hat, and I'm surprised that the folks that are analyzing this, be it in the administration or in the press, don't see it.
3: Well, what's interesting is that they normally uh, only do it when they think that they have a weak person in the presidency in the United States. And uh, here we have Biden in there, and if anybody thinks that he's some kind of a strong person, uh, they're totally wrong. I mean, this is the guy who didn't want them to give the go-ahead to go out and get bin Laden. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, some something keep. You know, you got you got to keep in mind. Let's get you into this, Chris. What do you think,
2: man? Turn me loose. President Biden has had numerous foreign policy failures. Let's start with the Afghanistan debacle, strategic failure there of the withdrawal, and there's so many of these uh, Biden administration's actions around the globe. He's hurt. our national security. He's strengthened our adversaries, Russia and China. He's abandoned our allies. I mean, I, I, let's just start. I'll give you one thing on China. This trade bureau is allowing these foreign fake products to come into the country, billions of dollars in fake products being sold coming out of China because they don't care. Um, it's, it, it's a numerous, uh, uh, failures on on Biden's part, his whole administration, and um, he's put us at risk. Um, let's talk about the, the Keystone Pipeline. Let's talk about our the gas prices. Let's talk about inflation. Let's talk about the supply chain. And it just it just takes me back to what what would Trump be doing about this? He hammered China. Um, uh, he hammered Russia. And I tell you who I tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of, and I hope you remember, I hope you remember this. A 1970s uh, cartoon called Casper Milk Toast. Yep. That's President Biden. Oh, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but um, can we do this? No, that's not how a global superpower operates.
3: Or or, or superpower. It, it can remind you back in the uh, 30s and uh, early 40s and uh, Chamberlain from uh, Great Britain saying, I went over and talked to Hitler. And I uh, gave him everything under the sun, and we're going to have peace in our time now. It doesn't work yeah. that way. It just no. doesn't work that way.
2: No. And then, and then, uh, you know, I, I think the other thing that's been kind of forgotten is that um, Schumer has has yet to say when the Senate will take up a defense authorization bill. Where, where are we on? Where are we at on that?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a lot of questions. The, 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 yeah a lot so. of of questions and you know the left side of the democratic party has them uh in a really bad situation and you know schumer is just a politician i mean i don't think that he cares what they do as long as it makes him look good that's it that's yeah. my that's my view yeah, yeah. of little Ch- chucky schumer <laughs> Yeah, if people don't know, he's not the tallest guy in the world. But anyway, you know the whole thing with little Chucky Schumer is that he's been up there forever, and he just wants to be in a position of power. And he's oh, yeah. he's done a pretty good, he's done a pretty good job of it. I mean, let's let's be uh, honest. And talking about weakness of a president, how about the information that came out from Iran yesterday? Were you guys aware? In Iran, they they put out a, a video of. Uh, an assassination attempt the, on President Trump?
2: No, I didn't know that. I know that he's failed on their, are uh, there Iran nuclear deal, uh, continuing that Obama crazy deal, yeah. where they you know, Iran is not allowed to have a nuclear bomb. Come on, not allowed to have an enrichment program, and they just did it. They just fired it up. Yeah, well, they're enriching, they're enriching uranium.
3: Look at, take a look. Uh, this came out from one of the hardliners over there of the clerics. And uh, came out and, you know, they've been rat- saber rattling about, uh, you know, Trump taking out one of their military leaders who was one of the biggest provocateurs of terrorism in the world. And uh, they uh, they came out and saying uh, that there were going to be some kind of big deal that happened within the borders of the United States. And keep your eyes open for it. It's coming. Blah, Ooh. blah, blah, blah. Ooh. And then this video shows up, which shows uh um, you know, it's it's just not of an assassination attempt, but of what could happen to former President Trump. Oh man, that's awful. No, it's 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 dangerous, Provocateering is what it what it is. Would you agree with that, well, uh, Robert? Let me get you in on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I
3: think it's a problem. Yeah, we got, and and this is what happens when you have, and you're mentioning milk toast. When you have weakness in the White House, this is exactly what occurs uh, in the international uh, circle of events. And uh, uh, the last time we had an Islamic nation doing something like this was back in the 70s when they took Americans hostage in, uh, you know, Iran, you know, during the time that the the Shah was replaced. So. Uh, let's come back. We got to get our break in, but let's come back. We got even more. It's not. It's like everything happened in the middle of the week, and I just couldn't wait to get to you guys on Friday to talk about all this stuff <laughs> on right the on. Uh, on the Dave Ellswick show. Stick with us. We'll be back in a moment. Don't forget about if you need security for your home or your business, you need to turn to one place and one place only. It is ICU Protection LLC. ICU Protection L. LC they are your Arkansas security experts Billy Mack, the owner has been doing this since uh, the uh, mid to late 90s and uh, he he's, he on his card uh, on his pens that he gives out you know the swag that he gets off here's what it says got cameras you know do you have cameras and what kind of cameras do you have i bet uh, you don't have the kind of cameras that people at ICU have they got 1080p cameras. That means you get the same type of uh, visual from their cameras that you get on direct TV on their, on their, on their shows, that clarity. I mean, you've watched the shows where the police look at the, uh, the cameras at, uh, you know, shops and stuff, and you can't make out whether it's a man or a woman or, or whatever not that way anymore. Not with ICU. You call. you call them 501-205-1333, 501-205-1333 and talk to them about them coming out for your house or for your business. And know this, you pay for the service. You don't pay for the hardware. Hardware is free to you. They, they absorb that. And then they will make sure you get good service. To go along with it. Starts off at about $40 a month. Talk to Billy back, talk to his people. 501-205-1333. Let's finish up uh here with uh, Robert and uh with of course Chris. Of course Chris. And uh we want to talk about what's going on uh, in You know, we've talked nationally. I think we've touched base with all of the big issues that happened over this week nationally. Let's go back and uh, let's talk a little bit more with uh, Robert. I want to talk to him just a tad more about uh, this thing going on with the Bowen School of Law because it seems to be coming to a head now, Robert. Is is that true?
1: I think that's right. And, uh, Dave, we can bring Chris on uh, this. The first name on the list of folks – some of whom, as one of whom is not Jewish. The first name is Phil Kaplan. Phil is Jewish. Uh, Phil didn't disclose in his letter, the same way the non-Jew didn't disclose he's a non-Jew, Phil didn't disclose in his letter that Chris and I litigated against Phil, and um, uh, uh, I wouldn't want to be on their side of the case. Uh, Chris, why don't you rem- uh, tell uh, Dave how <clears throat> excuse me. well we did against Phil Kaplan? We did.
2: I was surprised to see that name on there. Of course, he's he's biased. He was opposing counsel. He represented the the a builder, the other uh, side of our lawsuit, and we won. I, I'll note um, one of Judge Fox's quotes in in the early in the litigation. The guy had switched insurance companies, so he had two bond companies and. Mr. Kaplan was making an argument saying you can't collect from two bond companies, and we responded as Your Honor, why not? <laughs> and Judge Fox agreed. You can collect on two different insurance policies. That's what they're for. But um, anyways, anyways, and how did we that, do on the settlement amount, Chris? We did great. We did great, and um, um, Phil was a, a worthy opponent. But I, I think maybe he should have left that name, left his name off that letter, because I tell you what, really stuns me. In this whole deal, Dave, and the public, we've got a, a law school administration that's cranking out new lawyers, right? Right. And these new lawyers are going to sit down and look in their eyeballs of a client, and they're going to say, I think I've been discriminated against. And the new lawyer is going to go, okay, tell me how. And they're... they're they're going to have to make a decision now. If these folks can't see this, the ones that are teaching it, how are they going to expect a, uh, a new lawyers coming out to represent the public in discrimination cases? I've done it, and it's hard. I've done it's. It, you've got a client. Let me describe the situation. You've got a client that's looking at losing his job, um, is working his butt off, collecting paycheck, and then they suffer some sort of discrimination. Now, it's not. Sometimes it's not. Right on its face, like this is, but we've got an administration cranking this out and going, no, it's not discrimination,
1: really, but then what right is? And, and and of course, there's two standards right these they just started a race and justice institute. do you think that they are using the same curious failure to realize what's obvious right listen, remember what the faculty um a hearing stated, and this was in the dem gas. based on the rules, given that faculty may use all the options listed in the rules for other planned absences, including the use of guest speakers, to not allow Mr. Steinbuck this opportunity constitutes religious discrimination if not allowed for the 2022 right. spring semester. They didn't quote one word of that in their letter, not one no. word of it, a, right? A colleague right. of mine wrote to the faculty and said, if anyone is unable to understand how deeply offensive it's likely to be to be a religious Jew, to tell him that it's not impracticable to attend class on the few days of the year when his religion prohibits him from doing so, or for that matter, how offensive it's likely to be uh, a religious Jew, Jew to compare his religious observance to playing golf, which is what they did, That simply underscores the need for implicit bias training at Bowen. That underscores the need for implicit bias training at Bowen. Written by a colleague of mine to the entire faculty, the entire faculty. And remember that another colleague of mine wrote, I find it aggravating for anyone to tell you that you're not experiencing discrimination, she wrote to me. Without an alternative explanation for the peculiar circumstances you are in. I hope that out of this debacle, Bowen actually structures something in the long term <clears throat> where someone can say they are being discriminated against without being treated dismissively. By the way, that woman, that colleague of mine who's a woman, is also a minority. She's a minority. Wow. And she is calling yeah. this discrimination. And these hacks, yeah. including Phil Kaplan, who, as you just described, Chris, lost, lost in a case. Was that disclosed in his letter? Was that conflict of interest or conflict of position disclosed in his letter? No. Was the fact that the Dem-Gaz, did the Demgaz disclose the fact that one of these so-called members of the Jewish community is not Jewish? Was that disclosed in the letter? No. So how can we trust Anything in that letter, if they failed to quote from the most relevant part of the opinion, which is the part that has been published by the press already, and they've mischaracterized the opinion, and they fail to recognize that disparate treatment is discrimination, these people call themselves lawyers? I'm not sure I would hire any of them.
3: I'm going to jump in. We're out of time with you guys here this morning. Keep, keep us up to date, Robert, about what's going on. I know you will because this is an important, important case that's going on. Chris, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, buddy. And then uh, don't forget, I got Matt Smith coming up here in the next hour. And we're going to talk about the new Scream movie that's going to be out and our next big uh, classic movie that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, for February, and it is Casablanca, which the Screenwriters Guild of Hollywood voted the best script ever, ever, considering all the movies ever made, the best script ever written for a motion picture. So uh, we're going to be showing that again. Those are, you know, Gone with the Wind and Casablanca are two of the movies that we always show every year. I, I did get an action movie coming up in November that Chris, you and I and your family will go to, and that is Hard Boiled with uh, Chow Young Fat by John Wu. You're not going to want to miss it if you haven't seen it. That Same thing awesome. with you, Steinbach. I'll even pay for your ticket. How's that?
1: Well, I can pay for it myself, but you know, Chow Young Fat is my favorite dish over at the local place. All right.
3: <laughs> Bill O'Reilly is right next. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick' show. Talk to you about Pat Davis. I want you to uh, text him or talk to him at 501-605-6935. And I want you to ask him about the deductible buster that he offers. You really need to know about this. This is how he saves you big money, that 30 to 50% on your health insurance. And real health insurance, not a share plan. Share plans are not insurance. You need to be aware of that. You probably will pay a lower rate, but you won't have the same kind of coverage that regular insurance can do for you. On top of that, remember that you can choose any provider in the nation when you're talking about what Pat does. And there are no copays. All of those things I can tell you absolutely are part of what you're going to find out. But you need to ask about the deductible uh, Buster and you who own businesses and try to still give uh, health insurance to your employees because you see that as a way of getting quality uh people to work for you well you need to know about it you need to talk to Pat you need to start saving some money five oh one six oh five sixty nine thirty five or go uh, to his website and uh, just uh, go to what he's known as, Your Health Plan Man, and type in yourhealthplanman.com. All right, Matt Smith joins us. What are you going to do this weekend? I know you're going to go see a movie and go to go to dinner. What movie should you go see? I'm going to highly recommend that if uh, you're into horror, if you're into the Scream series, that you go see the new Scream movie. I was just ecstatic after watching this movie at how good it was. I gave it a B plus. I gave it a B plus. And you got the iconic members from the from the screen series. You got David Arquette, who's married to a local lady here, um, McCarty. Uh, they are married together. I talked to them a couple of years ago while I was over at the uh, Capitol, and they were here working on justice reform and uh, also Nev Campbell's back and so is Courtney Cox they're all in the movie and they work them in in such a way that it's fantastic it's not just a little tiny you know cameo uh, they play a, an integral part of the story and the story is very well written it's the first scream movie uh, that has been uh, directed by someone other than uh, Wes Craven Wes Craven passed away last year and uh, somebody else uh, directed the movie, but they must've been channeling Wes Craven. I'm just telling you, it's really, really a good movie. I gave it a B plus because the opening scene, though it's good, didn't rise to the opening scene of the very first movie that, that drew Barrymore scene at the very beginning of scream is without a doubt. One of the best scenes in horror movies ever filmed. All right, Matt, how are you? Hey, I'm great. I'm great.
4: And I've got to go with you on that. This is the best screen film since the first Yes, screen it is. film. Absolutely. You need to, yeah, <clears throat> just uh part 2, part 3, part 4 erase those from your mind. <laughs> <laughs> if you just go with the first one and then skip forward these 25 years and watch this one, you're in good shape. It, it of the of the This is the best one. Best one since the original. It's just, you're right. It's hitting on all eight cylinders for what it should be. Uh, If you are a fan of Scream, you're going to love this film. If you've only seen the first one, you're going to love this film. Mm -hmm. But if you've you've seen none of them, and you just like thrillers, you just like scary movies, this is your genre, this will knock your socks off. It's a great film.
3: Yeah, let me just tell everybody, uh, it's got the most blood of maybe any Scream movie. I mean, the first one was pretty bloody. This one's really bloody. There's some really graphic scenes in this movie. And uh, it's the first time I've gone to see a Scream movie since the first one that people actually gasped in in the theater and some teenagers were screaming.
4: It is definitely over the top in respect to that. I agree. But it has the gotcha and shock value oh, yeah. that that fans of the genre are looking for. There I love no it. Doubt.
3: I really, really yes. liked it a lot. Wonderful. You need to go see it. Um, you might not want to go and eat a full meal <laughs> just kidding. Uh before you go I, I was one of the people that I get the inside humor that they're doing because the, the whole scream series is based on you know, the things that you always talk about as you watch, you know, uh, you know, slasher movies. Don't go in the basement. Don't go be the first one. Don't say, I'll be right back. All of those, those different rules that you're, you just don't break if you're in a horror movie. And, uh, they are on full, full, uh, view in this movie. They, they've really played. My favorite part in the whole movie, and I'm not giving anything away, oh. is this, is, is when, uh, the killer says remember the movie Psycho and the next the next cut is to a shower head with water coming out of it classic that is just classic it was great i loved it i loved the movie it's one of the best movies i've seen this year really enjoyed it
4: What's yeah, hey, hey, what's not to love? If you if you are into that genre, you need to get out and check out the film. There's no doubt about it. It'll be number one at the box office this weekend. Uh, it's uh, we're going to have a film that'll finally unseat Spider Man for its reign because Spider Man's been you know knocking it out of the park now for four weeks straight. And if you haven't seen Spider Man, hey, PG thirteen Spider Man.
3: Yep, got to see it. At
4: all of our locations, you got to see that. Uh, right now, it's on track. Uh, the third biggest movie in the united states ever uh at the box office that's uh that's what it's settling into it's going to be number three probably after today uh which is just phenomenal for the domestic box office and i think worldwide it's like number five now i think number five so i mean it's just crazy the number of people that that um have watched the thing i think uh 60 million people uh or more uh, I think last, I think Monday it was 60 million. I think 60 million people in the United States have watched the movie uh, back on Monday, uh, wow. and it's still having strong attendance across the country every day this week. So, yes, it's there. Got to see Spider-Man, best Spider-Man ever, third biggest movie ever, huge box office that movie. Don't miss Spider-Man. Now we're still playing American Underdog, PG, good, great, awesome family movie. It's a Kurt Warner story. How he goes from sacking groceries to winning the Super Bowl. American-owned dogs, a wonderful film. Sing 2 is still on the screen. Animated feature from Universal Pictures. The kids love it. Sing 2, PG, you can take all the kids. Uh, we are still playing Ghostbusters. Afterlife. Great movie. Uh, extremely popular film. Uh, it has now surpassed the original Ghostbusters at the box office. Wow. People love it. Uh, it's doing business. Um, best best Ghostbusters since the original in 84. Uh We're still playing that. And of course, uh Kingsman, uh the uh, prequel for that series, uh Love it's it. playing just just a great uh movie for grown ups, just a really cool film. It's got the World War One tie in there and the origin story of the Kingsman movies. It's cool. Be sure to check that out. Uh also on the screen, the three fifty five, uh which came out last Friday. That's the uh CIA James Bond spy thriller with a group of women uh, as the um uh, as the Spies, Jessica Chastain, Penelope Cruz, uh, and, of course, Dan Kruger, they're all in that motion picture. 355 is still playing. Um, we have uh, Matrix with Keanu Reeves, and, of course, we have Journal for Jordan directed by Denzel Washington and starring Michael B. Jordan. That's playing. And uh, we've got Venom. They have reissued Venom, Let There Be Carnage. It is wow. back on the screen. We have brought that back. Um uh there is uh a sony belief there that people want to get out and watch that so they've reissued that to theater so we had that back on the screen and uh of course we still are playing Nightmare Alley with uh Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Richard Jenkins, Ron Perlman uh nominated for a lot of awards, you know it's award season. Nightmare All right, Alley's in right. there for those awards with that story still on the screen and of course we are playing Licorice Pizza which That's
3: one that Hoffman I want to again. get out and see. I want to see that. I love the director really, of that movie.
4: Really a great film. Uh, Sean Penn's in the movie. Bradley Cooper's also in this film. Tom Waits, Cooper Hoffman. And it is just, um, you know, a couple of kids growing up, falling in love in the San Fernando Valley in 1973. And it is just a spot on Period piece as far as the cars, the clothes, the music, everything that's happening with the movie—it is certainly a, a, a throwback. and makes you feel like you're in uh, 1973. It kind of has that feel. Obviously, it's a much different film because this is, you know, kind of a kind of a nostalgic rom-com, obviously, but uh, it has the feel of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. How it just oh, cool. takes you back, takes you back to 1973. It's a cool movie. You need to see that. It's, it's. I, I really enjoyed that one. And uh, we are still playing in Canto from Walt Disney Features. Disney Encanto wow. Canto, PG for the kids. That is still on the screen as well. And you can get all this information at um, you know Riverdale10.com. Uh, go there and check it out. Be sure to sign up for our email newsletter. Make sure you download the uh, free mobile app. If you get that free mobile app for your phone, you can reserve your seats with one touch of a button. And, of course, we've got the luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. We have the um, beer and wine that we are serving. And, of course, we have a full food menu. Full food menu had been there. So, you know, the cool stuff we got, like chicken sandwiches, chicken tenders, you know, we've got coffee and cappuccino, uh, french fries, uh, you know, we have um, buffalo wings, I mean, nachos, you know, you name it, mozzarella cheese sticks. Of course, we've got fresh handmade pizza, toasted ravioli, White Castle cheeseburger sliders, eight different wines and over 20 different beers to choose from. So check all that out at Riverdale10.com. And I can tell you what's coming up. Of course, on Tuesday, February the 8th at 7 p.m., we are playing Casablanca. All right. Uh, that is our classic, and it's only five bucks.
3: Yeah, i got to get a break in, so keep your uh, thoughts about that, about the movies coming up. Best screenplay ever written, according to the Screen Actors Guild, and they're the ones that talk about this stuff all the time. Best script ever written is Casablanca and you'll get your opportunity to see it back on the big screen again at Riverdale 10 you won't want to miss that and then we can talk about some of the other ones that uh, uh, we've been talking about uh, Matt and I we disagreed on one but that's okay I can I can get away with disagreeing with him on on one movie no problem with that at all take a break we got more that's because I've got a little bit of Quentin Tarantino in me so I wanted to show an a really old uh, chop suey movie. And uh, and Matt said, no, nah, I don't think so, Dave. Nobody's going to show up. <laughs> all right. It's, thir- it's 13 minutes before 8. Matt Smith and I will be back in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about P.I. Roofing. They'll take good care of your roof. Uh, and you saying, but Dave, the major big rainstorms are done. Ah, but have you thought about all this cold weather? You start getting rain with it's cold, and uh it gets up on your roof and it freezes, and it gets into little cracks and it freezes and it expands that water expands and it makes those cracks bigger. more leaks start forming because of that. Have them go up and take a look at, it, especially if you got some hail damage from a couple of weeks ago. You want all that taken a look at uh give a call to PI Roofing 707-3551 707-3551 or visit them online piroofing.com All right back with you Matt Smith who is the owner of all of the VIP cinemas here in Central Arkansas including Riverdale 10 uh from uh, you know of course uh, Hot Springs Uh, in Little Rock, in Cabot, in Searcy, and in Batesville. Batesville is the Oaks. It is a, of course, uh, now VIP cinema as well. And we've been talking about, uh, some of the movies that are coming up. Before I get into the classic movies with you, uh, Matt, let's talk about what's the, what's coming up on the big screen for the movies that are, uh, you know, gonna be the award pushers uh, at the Academy Awards.
4: Uh, you know, Nightmare Alley is going to be in there for sure. And of course we're playing that now. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously West Side Story, that's in there. We have that on the screen. Uh, I think Licorice Pizza is award nominated film. That's, that's also playing as well. So, you know, we're playing those films that people, uh, expect to, um, be Academy Award nominated, um, this year.
3: Right. Right.
4: Uh, We've got those on the screen. Uh, You know, there's been some buzz on uh, Journal for Jordan, Uh, you know, with Denzel Washington. There's some buzz associated with that when it comes to awards as well. But I would say currently on the screen, your awards contenders are West Side Story, Nightmare Alley, uh, Licorice Pizza, and Journal for Jordan. Uh, That's happening now. And then coming up, uh, you know, there's some talk of this uh, Cyrano with uh, Peter Dinklage, uh, Haley Bennett, and um, Kevin Harrison, Jr., and that is coming up on January the 28th. So uh, that one is also on the horizon. Uh, Now, we've got a couple of cool movies coming up next week on the 21st. We have a film called The King's Daughter. Uh, It's rated PG. It's got Pierce Brosnan, uh, Benjamin Walker, Julie Andrews, um, Fan Bingbing. I know you're a fan of hers. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're all in this film. And it's uh, King Louis quest for immortality. Leads him to capture and steal a mermaid's life force, a move that is further complicated by his le- illegitimate daughter's discovery of the creature. Oh. PG. It's PG. It's cool. It's got Pierce Brosnan. It's a good uh, uh, film that you could take the entire family to. That's coming up on Friday the 21st. Okay. And then uh, also on Friday the 21st, we have a film called Redeeming Love. It is PG thirteen, and it's based on the best selling novel by Francine Rivers, uh, and it is a um, it is a love story uh, set in the California Gold Rush in eighteen fifty.
3: It sounds like uh, it's going to be good. I, I've lo- I've read the, some of the material behind that movie, and that looks like it's going to be pretty doggone good movie.
4: Those two are coming up on the twenty first, Cyrano on the twenty eighth, and then um, February fourth. Uh, you got Jackass Forever, the last goofball jackass movie with Johnny Knoxville, Thank Steve, God. O, Dave <laughs> England, Preston Lacey. The, the, the stupidity reigns in that goofball gonzo comedy. That's February the 4th. Okay. And also, also on February the 4th, uh, Moonfall. That looks has, good. Um, I tell you what, that looks like a great, great, great motion picture. It's got Haley Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Bradley, Michael Pena, Charlie. Plummer. Roland Emmerich directs and you know this is an outer space sci fi tour de force right here. And it's it's uh February the fourth, Moonfall, PG thirteen looks really, really good to me. Uh I'm excited about seeing that.
3: Yeah, that's that's gonna be an extravaganza on the big screen. That's one of the movies you have got to see on the big screen if you want to be able to really enjoy it all right quickly just running through some of the movies that we're looking at as classic movies for 2022 uh march we're looking at godfather 2 uh which when you ask people about the godfather movies uh they either love the godfather and then the godfather 2 is right there beside it or they say they love The Godfather 2, but The Godfather is right there with it. So either one are fantastic movies. I like Godfather 2 just because it does so much with the history of the dawn uh, as far as that. In April, that is when Easter happens. We will re-show what we always show close to Easter. Uh, Mel Gibson's The Passion will be back on uh, the big screen for your your viewing at that time. In May... Uh, I always try to do something uh, that's pro-military because we're coming up to Memorial Day. I don't know if we can get it. Uh, you know, we're, Matt's going to be out trying to get it the longest day, the original longest day with John Wayne and all the other stars uh, in in that. June, how green was my valley? July, you're going to have a a, a a Tarantino movie, Inglorious Bastards, one of his best movies that he ever did. August, Mel Gibson, Braveheart, Uh, September, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, October, the 1988 remake, very seldom do I say remakes are better than the original, the 88 remake of The Blob, which is much better than the original, The Blob from the 50s. In November, we're hoping to show you Hard Boiled with Chao Young Fat from John Woo. John Woo, the uh, action master from over in the eastern part of the world, and then last but not least in December. It's a wonderful life back on the big screen. So that's what we're looking at, Matt. I think we got a great lineup again. Definitely, definitely a great lineup there, and
4: I just hope we can get all of those uh, actually booked and playable uh, when we want to play them. You know, we'll yeah. see. I mean, I'm uh, I'm trying to see what can be licensed theatrically, on the dates that we want. So maybe some changes in there. We'll just have to
3: see what the studios say. Okay, I'll let you go, brother. You have a great weekend. Say Thank hi you. to your kids and your wife. Matt Smith from, of course, VIP Cinemas. Go see Scream this weekend. I'm just telling you, you want to go see that movie. It's it's great. It really, really good. If, if that's your genre, that's a movie you're not going to want to miss. They have re- reinvented scream like they reinvented Halloween, okay? Good stuff. Forget about all the bad stuff that happened in between one and this one, (laughs) because there was a lot of it. All right, Dave Ellswick Show on Monday. Uh, Joel Griffin will join me from the Heritage Foundation. We're going to talk about a word that you haven't heard. The low since the 70s, stagflation. We're going to talk about that. And Dr. Tim Lim will join the power panel with me as well here in studio. Until then, have a great weekend. See you again 6 o'clock on Monday.